Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. We're excited to announce our latest podcast launching this week called Behind the Billions. Coming from the two co-creators of Billions, Brian Koppelman and David Levine give a behind-the-scenes look into Billions Season 5. Following each episode's airing on Showtime, the podcast will unpack the writing of the script, exclusive stories from production, interviews with cast and crew, and much more. The first episode is out now, so make sure to subscribe to Behind the Billions on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here with heel producer Jim Cunningham and... My gurus of gambling, my wizards of wagering, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's up? What's going on, buddy? Oh, man. Well, we kind of have sports back. It's great. This Saturday, we're going to have sports, UFC, enough of this Korean baseball. I, I can't, I, I'm sorry, I can't get into it. First of all, it's at an ungodly time. I know we don't really need to wake up for anything anymore, so I could set the alarm. But uh, I think my agent, baby doll, James Dixon, put it the best. He's like, I watch these fucking games. I could bat lead off of one of these fucking teams. The shortstop's five foot seven. So uh, he's not wrong. I don't know. But anyway, uh, MMA, UFC 249, Star Veterans Memorial Arena, Jacksonville. No fans. 12 fights this Saturday. Only 11 are expected to be canceled before Saturday. No, I, I, I hope that's not true. I hope that is not true. But we actually, we waited till Thursday to do this podcast for that very reason. And and miraculously enough, no cancellations. Um, hey, Dustin Poirier is going to come on later. He's going to help us pick some winners, former lightweight champion. He demolished Justin Gaethje, who is on this card. Let's get right to it. Now, uh, Parlay Kid, there's some... Big fights. It's probably about six or seven. I know they're big because I've watched uh, the competitors in like seven of these fights. Tony Ferguson, minus 175 favorite over Justin Gaethje. It's plus 150. Lightweight title. Gaethje, 31. Might be the most violent fighter in the UFC. He really puts it out there. But Ferguson, so precise with elbows. Um, 18 to 21 wins by knockout. Never shoots. One of uh, Gaethje never shoots. A great wrestler, but never shoots. Strange. Drives you crazy, right, Parlay Kid? Yeah. How do you see this playing out? Sal, I like Ferguson here, as do I think a lot of people. I think this is a good matchup for Ferguson. I, Gaethje is a, a tremendous competitor. He's a tremendous fighter. He's fantastic. But, um, you know, Ferguson's won 12 in a row here, Sal. You know, they're both the same height. They're both 5'11". Ferguson's mm-hmm. has a six-inch reach advantage on Gaethje, right? So that's that's incredible. Uh, Gaethje eats nine point six seven punches per minute, right? He takes that many hits per minute. So basically, his best defense is just more offense, and I really think that plays into Ferguson's favor because Ferguson does not have a weakness in his game. Uh, Gaethje's is obviously his defense. And for some reason, which drives me a little bit crazy about him, he was an All-American wrestler, mm-hmm. uh, and he doesn't wrestle. So sometimes I think when he's in a little bit trouble, maybe he should get into more of that wrestling mode, but he right. really doesn't. He just keeps coming forward, keeps coming forward. 
Sal, I like Ferguson by submission in this fight at mm. plus 250. I think this is going to be an excellent fight for two or three rounds, maybe four. But I have, uh, I think this is going to end up a submission at some point. Ferguson's just going to wear him down and eventually submit Gaethje. So that's sitting at plus 250 for the betters out there. Wow. All right. That's fun. You know, they have it broken down. You get it on Fox Bet. You could get the actual submission. You could get, um, I'm yeah. looking at this, triangle choke. Ch- choke called plus 1100, right? Right. 11 to 1. Uh, I'd see the camel clutch is like 25 to 1. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of uh, them in here. Yeah, this should be a fun one. This, this, uh, going to be a great fight. Uh, but by the way, I hope neither of these guys, this, if there was ever going to be one to pull out, it would be this one. I looked at the, uh, the history of these guys, they've each had about a half a dozen fights where the opponent is pulled out. So hopefully uh, that <clears throat> this this match sticks around. Ferguson, 36 years old. He's won 12 in a row. Kevin Lee, Pettis, Dos Anjos, uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Very impressive. Very impressive. Uh, Brother Bry, you like Ferguson as well. Yeah, um, I do like uh, Tony to win in rounds one through five. Uh, it's minus one ten, so he's got to win inside the distance. But like, like Parley was kind of saying, Gaethje it, to me is probably the most entertaining fighter in the UFC. One of my favorite fighters, nonstop action, must watch. So you should get this fight, even if you're if you're contemplating getting it. Um, but that being said, he definitely can be reckless at times. I like to say he's kind of like a the skilled. A more skilled UFC version uh, or mixed martial arts version of Arturo Gatti, just because you know he'll take three shots to land one huge shot. Um, he's so well rounded, though. It, it is funny that he doesn't wrestle as much, but his leg kicks are crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Even in that that Poirier fight, I mean, the leg kicks he lands are crazy. But I just think experience wise, because he is so reckless, I just get the sense that. This is Ferguson's type of fight. He's smart. He's tough. His conditioning is ridiculous. Um, I think once you get into round three, um, three, four, five, that's really when he's gonna. That's when he's gonna take over in in this fight. So I like him to finish this fight in the later third, maybe early fourth uh, round. But I'll, I'll go with uh, Ferguson inside the distance at minus one ten. These guys are so such battlers. By the way. Uh, Gaethje said he called out Ferguson. Like I hope he breaks my nose because it doesn't look good right now, and he needs to straighten it out. I don't even, I don't even think he's lying when he says well, something like that. Well, the fu- the funny thing was for Gaethje yesterday. Um, I think he was on TV. They were trying to give him a coronavirus test, and they were sticking that thing up his nose. But his oh, nose, wow. his his nose is so messed up they couldn't get it up the one side of his nose, so they had to put it use the other side. Oh my um, God! So, funny? The, between the cauliflower ears and the broken nose, there's nowhere to stick that thing anymore. Um, I, look, this is one of those fights where they're just going to. I know I've lost on this before, betting the under <clears throat> under in these fights where it's just like guys who battle and there's just no way one of them's going to be standing after five rounds. But I know also know that I'm going to have a lot of money on inside the distance. It won't go the distance at minus five hundred, but I think Gaethje. Inside five at two to one could be a good uh, value. Also, Harry, I know you're going Gaethje, two-time Arizona champ, uh, the state champ, not Arizona State, but a state champ in Arizona, right? Which way are you going? Yeah, look, you, uh, you guys, uh, with all these matches, I, I had to do my homework this week on these guys, and I'm going to take Gaethje at plus uh, 145, 150. Look, uh, they, they have a common opponent in Michael Johnson where Ferguson lost to him. Uh, Gaethje beat him in uh, second round. 
by TKO two and a half years ago. I think uh, from what I've read, this number this spread is inflated by reputation because of Ferguson. Um, he's been Ferguson has been dropped by lesser men. Uh, he's had to endure six cancellations versus Namega Meta, I, I guess, in terms of uh, the fight that he really wants to uh, have. Uh, he's had to switch focus into a different type of fighter here and going against, going against Gaethje. I'm going to take a decent amount of underdogs here, and I'm going to take Gaethje at plus 150 here. I think he can get it done. All right. Now, I'm glad, Harry, you added from what I've read, because I'm pretty certain that you've not uh, ever watched an MMA <laughs> match from start to finish. Is that true? Look, you know, I told you when I had all those hookups and everything in Vegas, when I could have yeah. went when I was going to everything at the MGM Grand Gardens, I could have been like third row every every weekend for the MMA in, in uh, MGM. And I never went once. Y- you never called us to ask us, huh? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Sounds now a busy there, guy. There will never be a fan participation sport again. Good job. Never guys. went. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, again, I, I think we're going to preview three of these, and we're going to talk to Poirier about a, a few. But uh, Henry Cejudo, 15-2. and two. He's minus 188 versus Dominic Cruz, 22-2, and two, plus 163. Cejudo, gold medalist. Really supposed to fight Aldo here. This is a, a fill-in. Cruz is. Um Cruz has been off for four years, injured a lot, a lot of ACL stuff going on. Cejudo, obviously, nice resume. Pettis, uh, Demetrius Johnson, TJ Dillashaw. Cruz, a four-inch advantage, though, at 5'8". Cejudo going up in weight. That's what makes this um, interesting. Parlay Kid, how do you see this ending? So, Alex, Cejudo here. Um, I kind of like... You know, this is a fight where I think you could be just play it safe and, and just take Cejudo to win, which I'm going to come back later on a parlay for my best bet and do that. Uh, but I'm going to take Cejudo to finish this fight in the third round at plus 1,100. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, I think this is not a great matchup for Cruz. This guy hasn't fought since December of 2016, in which he lost to Cody Garbrandt at that time. So he hasn't really won a fight. And uh, I, I'm not sure how long, but probably four plus years. So, uh, and and Cejudo is at the top of his game right now, Sal. Uh, we're talking about an Olympic wrestler. And Cruz, you know, I've looked, I've kind of gone back and watched some of Cruz's fights. Some of his uh, stuff, he does try to take down uh, his opponent a lot, which that's gonna that's not gonna work against Cejudo. He's an Olympic uh, gold medalist in wrestling, uh, and I don't. So I don't think. That's going to work as part of his defense here. Uh, Cejudo's at the top of his game right now. Prime Cruz, this is a very even matchup. Uh, but right now, I don't. I think you're getting even good odds at any rate for Cejudo to win this fight because I don't think this is really much of a matchup right now. Uh, I like Cejudo to finish this in the third round, like I said, plus 1,100 for that. All right, that's a fun one. You know, you, you bring up the wrestling background, and it doesn't always bear out the stats with this. I was looking at this. Cruz's takedown accuracy, not having as much wrestling experience as the gold medal of Cejudo, 50%, where Cejudo's is right. just at 35%. Uh, very strange. Brother Bry, Cruz called out Cejudo, says, I know you're short, and you're going to have a hard time finding me. Is he right? <laughs> Well, I do think this is going to be a tough one for Cejudo. Um, I do really like Cruz. Um, he's one of the best announcers in the UFC. So uh, I don't think he'd be taking this fight unless he thought maybe he had a chance. 
Um, he is really, uh, I will say, but I, I do like Cejudo to win, but I do think it's going to be close. I mean, Cruz is so unorthodox, right? Changes angles. He's got those slumped over shoulders when you watch him fight. Changes levels, stances, does a lot of different things. Um, he's going to be the better striker in the fight just because he's going to be in and out. Um, his wrestling is still, is uh, he's a really good wrestler considering, although again, like Parley Kid said, that's not really going to matter. But I, the reason I think if, if this fight took place two years ago, I'd definitely be taking Cruz in this fight. Um, but because of the three and a half year layoff, mm-hmm. um, I like, I like Cejudo to win, but I do like him by decision, but I think it's going to be close. So I like Cejudo by decision of plus 150. There's also Cejudo by um, split decision or majority decision at plus 650. So I like the, that too, because I, I do really think this is going to be um, a really close fight. And it's, it is amazing, Cejudo, the run of fighters he's had between Dimitri Johnson, Dillashaw, Marais, and then Cruz, uh, four of the best fighters you can get over the last uh, 15 years. So um, this could be, yeah, if he wins all four, he's just amazing. Yeah, it's funny. I was I didn't even know that you were going to give Cejudo out a uh, split decision plus 650. I have written down Cruz split decision yeah. plus 900. Not- Tell you what, if it goes the distance, you have a nice fun couple minutes there where you're thinking yeah, you might win. For sure. Split, I, I do, like that too. Yeah. Do both of them plus 650 plus 900 and then uh it's an unanimous decision you lose all three. All right, Harry. Um both from <laughs> you must have had a tough time here both uh both fighters from Arizona here. Well, you know, I'm going underdog again. I'm going to take Cruz. Like you said, Sal, four-inch uh, four uh, reach. Seven of Cruz's last eight matches have gone five rounds. He's won 13 in the last 14. He's he's play, I have fought. Look, anything goes since these go five rounds. Um, Tejudo, uh has lost to Demetrius Johnson and uh, Joseph Benavides and in, in two of his losses, and it's only two losses. Meanwhile, Cruz has beaten both of those guys, and that includes taking... Benavitez down twice within a year time period. That was probably, that was like seven years ago, but still he beat him twice within a year. I'm taking Cruz here. I'm taking the underdog. I like it. Why not? Plus 185. All right. Officially, I'm going to say yes to the distance. This fight goes a distance at minus 188, but I'll say Cruz split decision and might, might as well take uh, um, Cejudo split decision. You get nine to one and plus 650 there. All right. The big heavyweights going at it. Francis, the predator Naganu, 14 and three. He's a minus 275 over Jair Rosenstrike, who's 10 and 0 with nine KOs. He's plus 230 heavyweight bout pretty much for a title shot against either Stipe, the champ or Cormier, whoever wins that fight. Um, Brother Brian, I'm going to start with you because you had, I mean, this was December, 2019. You had to wait all the way to December to get what I think was your worst beat of the year. You had Overeem, over Rosenstrike and Overeem, uh, a Hail Mary punch by Overstrike, uh, by Rosenstrike, splits Overeem's lip. <laughs> Nobody knew what to do. It was the most hideous thing they'd ever seen. The ref had to stop it. Worst loss for you in 2019. What are you doing, Brian? Are you, are you being uh, spiteful here? Are you going back to uh, going against Rosenstrike <laughs> or are you going Nagano here? Uh, yeah, well, I, I am still a little spiteful there. I mean, that was definitely the, be- the worst loss I've had. Um, a really, really bad beat. Um, but I- I'm going to be a little unconventional here. I think most people look at this fight. You look at Ngannou's last three fights. His last three fights combined haven't even gone a half of a round. Yeah. Right? So in those last three fights, it's gone like two minutes and 20 seconds or something like that. Against some pretty good, obviously some good competition. Guys are a little bit older, but Dos Santos... Uh, Cain Velasquez and Blades, but I'm going to, I'm taking the over one and a half rounds here. 
uh, minus 110. Um, obviously, power on power. Both guys can knock each other out at any point in time. But I think this fight plays out a little bit more like the Derek Lewis fight. I know you guys remember that. It was probably the worst fight in UFC history between Ngannou and Derek Lewis, where both fighters were really cautious just because they both had crazy power. Um, I think the first round is going to be not a lot of punches thrown. Um, and the one thing I will say about Rosenstruck, even against Overeem, is, man, that guy could take a punch. He was taking some hard-ass punches. And Overeem, while he's not a great yeah. fighter anymore, he still has a lot of power. And he wasn't even phased by some of those punches. So I know Ngano is a different animal. But I think, like I said, I think both these guys are cautious. And I, I like this to go over one and a half. Yeah, you know, I have that written down too. I, this could be, I mean, it's hard betting the over with these guys. Just just monster punches, and they absorb a lot. I mean, you were talking about Rosenstrike. He absorbed three strikes per minute uh, in the Overeem yeah. match. I think Overeem landed like 70% of his punches. But this could be another sleepy fight like it was against Derek Lewis. That was miserable to watch. Who knows what kind of uh, condition these guys are in or if they're going to go for it right away. It's hard to say. Uh, that says Parley Kid Naganu, is he the hardest puncher in the history of the USC? I've I've heard that uh comparison thrown his way. Yeah, I think he is, Sal. I think that's a uh, a really good point. Uh and so I've never lost money on an Ngano bet, whether I've hmm. had him to win or to lose. I've never lost money. Uh probably one of the biggest bets I ever won is when I had him to uh lose against uh Stipe, um when he was actually a favorite in that fight. But really, since then, his career has taken off. Uh, so I like him to win this fight in the second round. I think we're going to have a sleepy first round. They're going to feel each other out. Uh, but I think Ngano, I think that fight with Derek Lewis, I, I don't, I think he doesn't want any more of those. I think he right. took a, got a, some bad press for that. So I think we're going to see a feeling out in the first round. Then I'm going to see these guys kind of go at it in the second round. And where they're kind of similar, uh, and their fighting styles. I think Ngano is just a little bit of a different beast here uh, with his power. I think his power is just a little bit better than Rosenstruck's. And I think coming off three straight wins, look, Ngano beat Blades and uh, took him out in 45 seconds. And I'm a big fan of Blades. Curtis Blades is an excellent uh, UFC heavyweight. Uh, and he disposed of him very quickly. Uh, and he's, he's continued that role. I think he continues this year. So I have him ending this fight in the second round at plus 450. Ngano, that is. Uh, and I, I think we could, we're going to see kind of a boring first round, but I think both these guys will will give the fans what they want in the second round. But Ngano's just too powerful. He'll end it uh, with the Braj. And look, their only common opponent was Overeem. Ngano took out a better Overeem mm -hmm. uh, when Overeem was more uh, in his prime than Rosenstruck did here. Um, even though I... Uh, Rosenstruck and Rosenstruck was getting dominated in that fight. So as we said, he lost all four rounds on the cards yeah. and was about to lose the fifth round when he, he ripped, you know, basically landed a punch that uh, basically disconnected uh, the lip from the face there of Overeem. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a lucky, lucky, a lucky win in my book. So uh, let's go with Ngannou here. But I like him in the second round at plus 450. All right, that's a fun one. I should mention, I, I won on this with the last Connor fight. Fox Bet has a nice little thing here with that the fight en ends inside 60 seconds. I forgot to mention it with Ferguson Gaethje. You get 14 to 1 for that. Uh, for this one, you get plus 750 if you think it's going to yeah. be quick. Uh, I know that goes against what I'm saying here. I like the over. <laughs> um, but anyway, Harry, what's your pick? This is a tough one for you. Naganu's from Cameroon. 
Uh, Rosenstruck has a Z in the name. What, what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to take the, uh, you know what? I'm going to take the underdog again here. I'm going to take the Suriname native, Rosenstruck. Uh, seven of his 10 wins. Uh, as he, he's undefeated. Seven of his 10 wins. First round. Nagano only three and two in his last five. Give me the big plus money again here. All three plus money. You know, plus 150, plus 185, plus 230 for me so far. All right. There you go. Jim Cunningham, you have anything to add to this? I'll just take opposite whatever Harry's better. <laughs> Bingo. Harry could sit. Uh, Harry could have any seat he wants right there in this, uh, in this yeah. Jacksonville, whatever this is called, Star Veterans Memorial Arena. Wherever you want to sit this week, Harry, it's all mm-hmm. yours. All right, that's fun. Those are three fun fights. There's a lot more. We'll talk. These guys will talk about them in their best bets, maybe. Some of the uh, other fights. We're going to discuss these three with Dustin Poirier in a little bit. But right now, Time for our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino, where each week the degenerate trifecta and I set sail, tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. And now Captain Morgan himself, he sends me this TMZ article with Earl Thomas. Now, this is really spectacular stuff. If it wasn't during a quarantine, it would be spectacular. But it is. (laughs) Apparently, Earl Thomas busted, leaves the house, uh, I don't know what he says, going for milk or something. The wife checks his TikTok, uh, tracks him down, finds out he's with another woman, a threesome with his brother, with his brother. Now, brother Brian, parlay kid, I've known you for, uh, I, I, I count on one hand how many threesomes you guys have been involved with. <laughs> Harry and his brother, a whole different oh, yeah. story. Oh, a whole yeah. different story, Harry and his yeah. brother. Wow. Yeah. But this is fast, so she pulls a gun on him, and then uh, like uh, the, the cops come, and everybody's down, and, the, and then pulls a knife on him, and there's other women involved backing the wife. It's insane, but it got us to thinking, the captain wants to know, what is the biggest cheating scandal in all of sports? Now, Tiger Woods, that whole Thanksgiving thing, where Elon, the wife, takes a, 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 a seven iron to his hood, Starts busting up his car. That's the odds on favorite minus 500. I should say we did a cheating scandal um, a few months ago. And this was such a big scandal. We listed this with the Astros and the Black Sox and everything else that we had. Tiger Woods is minus 500. This Earl Thomas incident, two to one. Lamar and Chloe, nine to two odds. And Cal Ripken, Kevin Costner. I'll get to that in a minute. Ten to one odds. You could play the field at five to one. Um, Harry. Which way are you going with this? Biggest cheating scandal in sports. Yeah, a lot of those. Are, I'm, I'm still going to go with Tiger. Uh, I know it's the favorite here, but look, he had at least 12 mistresses. Uh, his intent was uh, was just brutal. I mean, his wife was gorgeous, Ellen Nordegren, just beautiful. But yet he decided to go whatever and do whatever he wanted when he's taken off on different tournaments. Uh, she, ch- Like I said, chased after him, uh, you know, with a golf club smashed his car uh she i guess she saw him reading some of his sex texts with women and then he went to therapy for his sexual issues uh it was absolutely malicious uh in terms of what he did with his wife so i'm gonna go with tiger at minus 500 it was awful all right there you go <laughs> brother bry tiger is hard to beat it's kind of the old the uh gold standard for this uh i mean in 12, 12, by the way 12 12 mistresses he probably had uh god knows how many okay all right thanks for that uh, brother bry what do you think? <laughs> yeah, that Earl Thomas story was great. Uh, the The whole situation with the brother uh, does remind me a lot about uh, Harry and his brother, Scott. <laughs> uh, maybe that's even more weird. It's uncanny. Um, 
<laughs> but I'll go with uh, you know I'll go with the Derek Fisher Matt Matt Barnes scandal. Oh, um, if yeah. you if you recall, yeah, Fisher was coaching the Knicks at the time. Barnes was playing for I think the Grizzlies, but I think their training camp was in somewhere in California. I guess while Barnes was in Santa Barbara, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, B- Barnes was at practice. I think found out Fisher was hanging out with his wife. Um, he he immediately left the practice. Uh, flew. Uh, I don't know if he drove or flew to where uh, Fisher was and uh, beat the crap out of him. But at that point in time, I just thought, you know, here we think we're we're Knicks fans. We think, all right, we have Fisher as a coach. We have some <laughs> reasonable coach and not another black eye for the Knicks, right? Just, uh, you know, it's just, it's amazing uh, yeah. what, what's happened for the Knicks. So I'll, I'll go with that one. All right. And you are saying another black eye for the Knicks. Just yeah. to be, just, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, parlay kid. What about you? These are all good ones. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be taking the field, and I'm going to be taking Eugene Robinson. I think we remember his story. Oh, Harry, yeah. do, you, do you remember where he went to college, Harry? <laughs> Colgate University. So he's a wow. very, very bright guy. Very bright mm-hmm. guy. And the night before Super Bowl 33, he made news when he was arrested by a police officer for soliciting a prostitute. Okay, and there's only one of us on this show who's ever done that before. <laughs> and I think we know who that is. And it's and it's not Jim. It's not leave Jim. Jim. Leave Jim All alone. Right. Oh, it's not Jim. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Brian can be Brian can be crazy sometimes. No doubt about it, Darren. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Harry. We know who it is. Uh, your your, uh, your Twitter bio pic uh, used to be a, a picture yeah, right. of you and, and that person. Uh, but and so what's even more crazy about this Eugene? Your Robinson son made that story, picture, by the way. He, he didn't make it. He, I mean, made, he, he it. put it up there. <laughs> it's a portrait. Uh, and what's it's even crazy about this Eugene Robinson story is earlier that day he was given the Bart Starr Award, which is given annually to the NFL player who best exemplifies outstanding character and leadership in the home, on the field, and in the community, which he did promptly give back, I believe, and he also got torched by Rod Smith for an 80-yard touchdown uh, the next day in the Super Bowl. So it was an overall uh, terrible, embarrassing weekend for uh, the uh, Colgate University product, Eugene Robinson. Take him 5-1 to at the field. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, All right, Jim, I know you have one. Up your sleeve. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I had a couple I was thinking about. Um, I know there were two Yankee players way back when who like swapped wives and ended up like oh, I think, yeah. marrying each other's wives. Mm. I don't I don't remember who they were. But um, what came to mind for me was uh, Tony Parker. Um, oh, yeah. Having an affair with Brent Barry's wife. Tony oh, yeah. Parker cheated on Eva Longoria with Brent Barry's wife, his teammate. And then they ended up trading Brent Barry. Brett Barry got divorced too, as did Tony <laughs> Parker and Eva Longoria. Right, right. God, there's so that many. That was a of crazy these. one. Wow, yeah. what fun these guys are all having. All right, I'm going to say one that, you know what? It's not even. It's 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 in our list there. And it's it's not even true. It turns out, but it's either the greatest <laughs> cheating scandal or the greatest sports rumor of all time. So let's say it's the greatest sports rumor. Kevin Costner had just finished filming The Postman. Cal Ripken and he are friends. He allegedly lets Costner stay in his home. This is how the story goes. Um, Costner's there at the home. Ripken leaves for Camden Yards to go to the game. Before he got to the park, he apparently forgot something. He returns home, finds Costner in bed with his wife, Kelly, who Ripken had reportedly been going through a bad stretch in a marriage. Uh, 
Ripken then allegedly beats the crap out of Kevin Costner so badly that he couldn't make public appearances for many, many weeks. Ripken is so overcome with the grief, uh, catching his wife in bed with one of his best friends. He calls the Orioles organization, lets them know. He's like, I'm not playing tonight. Um, Normally, this wouldn't be a big deal, but he has this legendary streak going. Uh, At the time, he had already passed Lou Gehrig's consecutive game stretch. But uh, they're like, no, we got to keep this going. Don't worry. Get your get your shit together. We'll figure it out. They claim there's an electrical fire or electrical mishap, and they have to shut down the stadium. They call the game. Um, What if this is true? If a tenth of it is true, it's the greatest. Apparently, only the electrical issues are the true part of it. Both Ripken and Costner have said, now, if anyone has, haven't really completely denied it, but they like, I'd love to hear the story if anyone really uh, of legitimate background wants to come forward and and say it. But how about that for a for a rumor that's you can't really make anything up better than that. And uh, that's why I'm taking that, even though it's not true at 10 to one. All right. That's another week. Captain Morgan's make believe riverboat casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, you guys give me a best bet. Parlay kid. What do you like? So I'm taking uh, Ferguson Cejudo parlay at plus 140. One of our listeners out there, Chris Felicetta, former Bellport All-State wrestler. Yep. Uh, he he contacted me, said he, he loves Ferguson, and uh, I love him too. And uh, Adam with Cejudo, I think, is a uh, just much better than Cruz at this point. You take them both just to win here, you're getting plus 140 on Fox Bet. So uh, I love those two. Uh, I think that's a, a nice a nice win mm. for people. All right. It's a good one. Uh, and you're at the Chalk Talker, right? And I'm at the Find Chalk it. Talker, Sal. Yep. There you go. All right, Harry, any uh, high school wrestling legends contact you for, with inside information? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, can't say that's happened. But uh, I'm going to stick with um, – guys, I'm going to stick with the UFC. I mean, listen, mm. I did think about going to uh, the uh, – for my best bet, the, the Russian soccer, I had Dynamo, Breast, and playing Dynamo Minsk this week. And I do like the under two and a half here at minus one sixty. That seems but too obvious. Yeah. Team right, right. So that exactly that's what I thought too. So so I'm gonna go Anthony Pettis minus one forty five over Cerrone. Um look, uh Cerrone's 0 and three uh in his last three, gotten TKO'd in all of them. Uh Pettis beat him back seven years ago, TKO'd him in the first round. And Cerrone against uh, Conor McGregor embarrassed himself uh, in that fight. What was it, 40 seconds, 42 seconds, that fight in this mm-hmm. last one where he just got wiped out. He just let him crush him. And I, I don't. I think it was an embarrassment to the sport. He should have retired after that. He shouldn't be fighting anymore. Uh, I don't see him going anywhere in this fight either. Pettis at minus 145, 150. I think that's the play. Mm, I just, I think this is Cerrone's a fic- 37 years old. I think it's a fixed number, Harry. I think if you it is a little fan, low, right? It is yeah, a little low. You would think you'd be like a minus two fifty. I don't. I know it was seven years ago when they last fought. I don't. Cerrone's like my Buffalo Bills. I, I think I got to stay away. I can't. Mm. I can't win picking him or against him. I almost feel like a short notice fight like this plays in his favor. He's talked about fighting in front of no crowd before. I'm gonna stay away from this, brother Brian. What do you have to say? Yeah, I don't like Harry's pick either, but it, the, the reason I don't like it, because obviously he's angry. His last best bet or whatever he did, he he took uh, Cowboy versus McGregor the last <laughs> oh, time we did the podcast. Right, and then that's he, right. Oh, no, I was, took over. 
Oh, over. That's right. You <laughs> took over one and a half rounds as your best bet. And you were so upset after you lost that. And that was probably the first the first fight you actually watched. What what you I don't was- like my you don't like my you don't like you don't like you don't like my you don't like my soccer pick, Brian? <laughs> you he probably should I'm surprised you didn't stay with soccer or Korean baseball. But mm. the one thing I'll say about Cowboy is like I mean, he fought McGregor, Gaethje, Ferguson. I mean, he's had a, a good uh, run of fighters he's fought. I mean, he beat Iaquinta before that. I remember I bet Iaquinta lost that one. Um, so I, I would not. This was one of those fights. I'm either not touching it or I'm going to touch Cerrone because Pettis is basically in the same place as Cerrone is. So uh, I would stay with the, away from that. Um, I'm going to go, though, Sal, with Michelle Waterson, better known as the Karate Hottie over Carlos Esparza. At plus one tenny, uh, plus one tenny, I think I said plus one twenty. <laughs> I I don't think Waterson should be the underdog here. She's gotten better in every fight. Her striking's gotten better. Her submission game is awesome. Her wrestling game is pretty good. Um, her level of competition over the last few years has been awesome. Um, while she lost a pretty easy um decision to Joanna the last time out, I still thought she fought pretty well and held her own. Um, considering. Uh, Aspars is a good wrestler, but I think she'll need to do more to win. I like Waterson at plus 120, maybe even take Waterson at plus 900 for a submission. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I just like the way she's been fighting the last few fights. And Aspars is it, I mean, the competition level has been a little bit different, I feel like, lately. Hmm. All right, Jim, you have a best bet or you you got it. You'll be watching this, right? Yeah. Sunday night, I like uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls to win a bunch of games. <laughs> <laughs> see that. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Jim Cunningham and the eyes are one. Whoa, Jim gave us a little bit. Of, he, Jim went a uh, video on us just right there and he gave us a little bit of shirtless, uh, shirtless Whoa. sighting there. My God, that was interesting. Cover that chest with more mustache. Jim, do something. Uh, Brother Bry, you're at the Brother Bry. Harry is at AAO Harry. Jim, I like your bet that the Bulls are going to win. By the way, they tease that they're playing the Nets. That's what we have to look forward to. You waited all week that they're going to play the Nets. I I think they win. I do think they uh, advance there. Um, Who did I take here? I'm going to say this, Brother Bry. Growing up, my sister Ivy was really good friends with a girl named Michelle Watterson. Uh, a really? Jewish Jewish girl from Dix Hills. <laughs> She's from Dix Hills. Now I'm not. I'm thinking this is not the same person. I'm thinking these <laughs> are different people. Uh, but I like your analysis. Uh, let's go, Michelle Waterson. Not only I'm going to take your pick in Sharp Tank. Uh, another prize for you. You're going to stick around and interview Justin Poirier with me. All right. Are you up for yeah. that? Yes. That sounds All right, great. Good. All right. There you like go. It. All right. So stick around. Hey, this is Brian Koppelman. And this is David Levine. We are the showrunners and co-creators of Billions. And this is... Behind the Billions. Behind the Billions. Where we're going to talk about how we make the show, the decisions we made in terms of uh, what we decided to shoot, how we wrote it. We are going to share the inside skinny on what it's like to make the show. Uh, Dave, I'm sorry I just said inside skinny. You did. I mean, you've set the bar high. We have a lot to provide now. And we will be providing it on Sunday nights right after the show. We'll have guests who are actors on the show will come in and talk to us, people who make cameos on the show. Should we interview crew members too? Well, we're going to talk about some crew members, maybe standout crew members, superstars, crew superstars, if you will. Really psyched to do this, psyched to talk to everybody about the show. Listen in on Sunday nights right after the show airs on Showtime. 
All right, welcome back to Against All Odds. We have Brother Bry with us here. He won the big prize. I picked his MMA bet uh, to win. And so that's, well, we don't even know if it won yet. But either way, he's going to sit in on this interview and let, let you know, hey, the UFC is leading the charge to bring live sports back into their homes and that they can tune in to watch UFC 249 this Saturday on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. And here to discuss that card, former UFC lightweight champion, King of Lafayette, Mixed martial arts legend, Dustin the Diamond Poirier. How are you, Dustin? Good, man. Thank you guys for having me on. No problem. You're here with me and Brother Bry. And I, I, want, I want to talk, first of all, about your nickname, Dustin the Diamond. I, I think King of Lafayette, solid. I think you deserve a better nickname than Dustin the Diamond. I, I'm sure you've heard this a million times. You know Dustin Diamond was the of sissiest of all sissy characters, right? Named Screech <laughs> on Saved by the Bell. What 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 can we do about this? Of course, man. Of course. All, hey, let's not let's not leave out his uh porn star acting career either, since we're diving in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One of my first uh martial arts coaches back in the day gave me the nickname. Um and I just kinda ran with it and never changed it. You know, you can't give yourself a nickname. So he started calling me the diamond and then that's it, man. All right, I guess that's how things happen. I mean, you know, he became a little bit of a badass with like weaponry later in his life when he got into trouble, but still, he's still forever known as Screech. So uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll work on that. You're the king of Lafayette. That's what matters. I'll take that. Um, I'll take that. How you doing in these uh, weird times? How you holding up? Just about as good as everybody else, man. Trying to make the most of it, trying to stay busy as I can, uh, stay in shape, not eat all the snacks for my daughter. Um, usual stuff. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, you mixed martial arts competitors specifically, you must be going a little bit stir crazy. Like, are you looking for a fight? Are you hoping like a, a porch pirate steals an Amazon box from from your front? So, so you could, you could just take them out right there. Are you really getting a little stir crazy? <laughs> yeah. You know, fortunately I, I have a, a gym in Lafayette, Louisiana, a personal gym. So I, I can go there anytime and hit the bags and run on the treadmill and break a sweat. Um, I'm fortunate about that, but yeah, I'm, UFC's putting on an event this weekend, so hopefully things start getting back to normal with competition and mixed martial arts. We'll see how, how safely they can get it done and see what's next. But, man, I just want to compete. Yeah, for sure. And, like, there was no doubt with the MMA and UFC and Dana White. Like, you, you fighters, there's, like, an aura of invincibility, right? So when you're going up against this this virus, you're like, hey, we'll take our chances. You got, you got to get out there, right? Is that the common theme with the, with the fighters you've talked to? Yeah, you know, everybody, obviously everybody wants to stay busy, but just the UFC in general is, uh, you know, these guys are trailblazers, man. They want to be the first to put on an event. They want to show that it can be done safely uh, with with everybody, fighters and cornermen and staff being tested daily and mm -hmm. temperatures being checked daily. And, you know, they're just trying to make history and, and put on a live sporting event in the face of adversity and everybody's home and everybody will be able to sit in front of their TV and enjoy a live event. So. You know, I'm, I'm excited just as much as all the other fans. Thank God. And and thank God for Dana White and going forward with it because we definitely need something to watch, something to sink our teeth into here. Um, I watched, uh, I'm a fan of yours anyway, but yesterday I watched almost 4 million hits on Dustin Poirier's finishes. And oh. it's phenomenal. Have you watched this? You've, you've kind of probably, <laughs> you've, you've lived it, but um, pretty phenomenal. And I was going to ask you, I feel like you do more damage with body shots than any other competitor in, in, in combat sports. Yeah. The last few years, I've really been focusing a lot on my boxing and there's a couple things in boxing that, that are, uh, haven't been really 
taken advantage of in mixed martial arts, you know, uh, like, like using the jab a lot, like, like working good body shots, things like that are just underappreciated in mixed martial arts. Everybody's looking for the knockout punch and those small gloves. It doesn't take a whole lot. So people are swinging for the fences, but in boxing, you know, guys take their time and, and systematically break down their opponents with uh, precision shots. And, and a lot of that work is done to the body. Yeah, and I was thinking like the headshot is more glamorous and on one of like something like a, a YouTube, like a best finisher reel, you would probably, you know, it looks, it's a more romantic way to knock a guy out. But the way you chop guys down, I was wondering if you made that your sole uh, focus <laughs> would be maybe not as pretty as how everyone else knocks every, everybody out, but but pretty pretty remarkable and I think uh, effective, right? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'll take a win however I can get it. But, you know, Work in the body does affect their cardio, their rhythm, their timing, and it also makes their hands start to drop. So the headshot will open up later on in the fight. Right. All right. Brother Bry here wants to ask you about your last two fights. Go ahead, Bry. Yeah. So, uh, Dustin, obviously your last couple of fights with Khabib, even though that was already back in September, uh, Max that you had, those are probably two of the toughest guys in the UFC back to back, totally different styles. Uh, the one thing I wanted to ask you is on that in that Khabib fight, in that third round, I know you're exhausted. Did you think you really had a chance at that point to submit him? Because I will tell you, I bet a lot of money on you to win that fight. And I was just praying. I mean, you were holding on for like 45 seconds. I thought you almost had it. Uh, in that moment, what does it feel like? You know, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for probably um, 12 years or so. And, and it was close. But against the best guys in the world, close isn't good enough. You know, these guys need a tiny centimeter of space where they create space and get their hips uh, against your hips a certain way and, and create an angle the way they can breathe a little bit. It was, it was, uh, it was close, but not close enough. You know, it was a, it was a lack of, of proper technique on my side. I'm not sure how much you know about uh, fighting or jiu-jitsu, but I, I should have went full guard. You know, hindsight's 20-20 looking back at that. Uh, the choke was under his chin, but I, I should have went full guard so I can control his hips and his body. Um, I went, uh, kind of went to a half guard, and uh, you know that was, that was my mistake, and it cost me. Sal and I were both uh, wrestlers in high school, so we don't. I don't really, you know, I'm not as big into the jujitsu side of it, but know a lot about you know positioning and stuff like that. Uh -huh. uh, my my other question for you, Dustin, was going to be, well, not really a question, but more of a statement. So in the Max Holloway fight, you know, this is a gambling podcast, so. Uh, I had bet. I'll be honest. I bet uh, Max to beat you in that fight. Oh no! Uh, I know. <laughs> ter ter terrible to say. And I was just shocked. I just your first two rounds are phenomenal. I was kind of like, all right, here. This is where Max going to come on third, fourth round. I just couldn't believe the pace you kept up for that fight. It was. I. I mean, it was just more a, a credit to you. I. I just couldn't believe it. It was one of those fights where I lost a lot of money, and I was kind of like, I don't even care. It was such a good performance. Uh, Dustin's such a good guy. I don't, I don't really even, this is like the first time in my life. I don't care. I lost money. <laughs> <laughs> See that, you know, um, Max is a tough guy, but he has a very high volume and a high punch count. And we knew that going into this fight. And I thought that's what would happen. And, and that's exactly what happened. So in training camp, you know, I, I got my weight down, uh, before I head, head out to, uh, Atlanta and, uh, it made my weight cut a lot easier. I knew I was going to have to keep up a very high pace. He's a very tough guy to finish. So I knew it was going to be most likely a 25 minute fight. And it was all those things. And we were prepared for it, man. 
I'll tell you, Dustin, I I don't know if Brother Bry here is asking for an apology or for you to send (laughs) send him a little money, but you know, um, (laughs) I hope you feel good now, Bry. Yeah, yeah, I do. (laughs) Dustin, let let's get into these fights. Uh, I'm man, there's like six big ones. First of all, let's pray to God that they all go down. You know, there's not last minute cancellations as is often the case with these things. But uh, Gaethje. You beat the crap out of him. He's got this fight against Ferguson. How do you see this going down? Man, you know, a, a lot of people, just because I fought Gaethje and beat him, uh, a lot of people are thinking I'm, I'm picking him because, you know, I beat him. And, of course, you want to see those guys do well. But I just think it's a bad matchup for Tony. I, I just think that Gaethje's a more durable. Even though Tony's never been finished uh, by punches and Gaethje has, I think Gaethje in this point of his career is more durable in the pocket and that's where this fight is going to happen interesting yeah it's going to be uh, uh again I, I hope neither of the, the both of these guys have had bad luck with fighters pulling out at the last minute but um yeah gaethje 31 ferguson 36 brian you think ferguson might have too much experience does, does that matter yeah yeah well the one thing is uh, gaethje again uh, along with dustin's one of my favorite fighters and i the only problem i have with Justin sometimes or Gaethje is that sometimes he's a little reckless. I mean, in some of his fights. So I, to me, I, I wouldn't, I like to compare him sometimes to like Arturo Gotti, but not obviously a much more skilled Arturo Gotti, but just in terms of when he gets in the ring, he wants to fight. He like, he is as reckless as you can be. So I just feel like against a guy like Tony, who's a little bit, obviously much more experienced. He's durable. Uh, like Dustin was saying, really hasn't been stopped. And just his cardio is usually really good. So I feel like in the later rounds, it might take a little bit more of effect. But, um, you know, obviously I'd listen to Dustin yeah. more than me, though. Dude, I, I think Gaethje's going to find an opening and, and hurt Tony. I, I really do. Tony gets hurt a lot in fights and survives. I think uh, a guy like Gaethje, if he hurts him, he's going to put him away. Gaethje is on a, like you said, he, he, he goes in there with reckless abandonment for his health. He's on a suicide mission every time he steps into that octagon. Dustin, could you come here on a suicide mission against the gardeners outside the street here? Because they're making it impossible to do this interview I here. I'm going to have to figure something out. Uh, all right. What about uh, Henry Cejudo and Cruz? Too much time off for Dominic Cruz? Or you think this could be uh, this could be a battle? Yeah, it's going to be a battle. I think the footwork and uh, Dominic's range is going to give Henry a little bit of problems. But I think Henry's going to win this one, man. I think Dominic's lack of competition and and uh i think that's going to come into play here and uh the four inch advantage doesn't bother you as much i guess uh Suhuda has dealt with that this before yeah uh you know it's, it's going to be how how smooth can Dom- i think he had another leg injury that he had to you know uh heal from and, and get back moving around I, we got to see his movement see how he's going to be in there yeah i haven't seen him in so long um i'm not even sure when's the last time he fought but I think he had, since the last time he fought, he had, he did have another leg injury, and uh, he's you know yeah. he's had a few of them in his career. It just depends what Dominic shows up because the guy's got got all the skills and the tools in the world to get it done. But at this point of his career and where Cejudo's at, kind of peaking, it's going to be interesting. All right, and finally, uh, Fran- by, by the way, these fights—I mean, these are such warriors, and if I, it's stupid to say you guys are all warriors, but. These all could be like a minute and a half long fights. I hope they have some backups in case the card goes short. But Francis Naganu against Jair Rosenstrike. Um, Rosenstrike undefeated. Crazy, crazy fight 
again, Brother Bry lost money on that last minute splitting overeems. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's a pattern here. Little pattern going here. Who do you like in this fight? Man, that's a tough one. That's a coin toss. It's whoever lands first. The only reason I'm going to go with Rosenstruck is because we're on the same team. I got a root for my guys at American Top Team. All right. You know, neither one of the guys are, is a wrestler. These guys are going to stand and trade. It's going to be whoever lands first. You know, it's a coin toss. I, I really believe in this one. All right. So out of those three fights, because like you said, there's a, a gambling podcast. If you had to give us a winner, and what the hell are we going to do? We're going to chase you down if you give us a bad pick here. But I, pay, I, those... I owe you guys money already, man. Put it on my tab. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. Look, we're all square if you just give us a, a guarantee lock out of those three. Dude, my lock is Justin Gaethje for the upset. I've been calling it. I just have a feeling, man. But this is MMA. It's, this is the theater of the unknown when, when they step in there. But I, I'm going with Justin Gaethje as my lock for the week. All right. I love it. And what about you? You're not done by any means. What's next for you? I'm trying to get something booked right now, man. I, I don't know what's next. I, I, I can be ready for the end of uh, June, early July. I'm just waiting on the UFC to give me a call. Mm -hmm. So, Dustin, do you think, uh, I know Hooker was supposed to be the, the next in line for you. Is that still what's wh what you're thinking right now? I haven't heard from the UFC matchmakers. I haven't heard if they want to try to reschedule that because we were set to fight on the 16th in San Diego. Um, so we were supposed to fight next weekend, but Obviously, with, with the pandemic and everything that's going on, that fight got that card got scratched, and uh, I don't know. They might rebook us. We were supposed to be the main event. We'll see. But I, I'm ready. I'm waiting by the phone, man. Call me up. <laughs> All right, you heard him right there. He's waiting by the phone. Very exciting. We we always like watching you fight, and uh, also you do great, great charity work. Tell us a little about the Good Fight. The Good Fight Foundation is a charity me and my wife started a couple years ago. I, I had started uh, auctioning off my stuff on eBay, my fight worn gear. And I was kind of doing it out of, just out of my own name, out of my personal eBay account. And then I was getting ready actually to fight Justin Gaethje and me and my wife were sitting back and we, we thought about it and we wanted to give it its own avenue and its own name. I didn't want it in the news to be Dustin Poirier donates his shorts or this and that. I wanted it to kind of grow organically and, and see if we could turn this into an actual foundation and charity that can spread and help as many people as possible. And so we started the Good Fight Foundation. The name just clicked whenever we thought about it. And, and man, the ball's been rolling and moving fast ever since. It, it's been getting bigger and bigger every fight. And uh, the foundation doesn't have one particular goal that we, we try to help out with. We're sometimes a middleman to other charities' um, goals. Sometimes we do our own things. We're just, you know, out there trying to do what we see can can directly affect people in, in the time of need, man. There you go. Well, yeah, I'll be donating as well. That's www.thegoodfightgroup.com. Did I get that right? Yep, that's it. The Good Fight Group. Good Fight Group, and it's a worthy cause. Thank you, Dustin. We uh, look forward to seeing you in action. We look forward to UFC 249 this Saturday night. I appreciate you coming on, pal. Hey, thanks for having us. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Hey, catch me and the crew from Lock It In for a short segment on The Herd weekdays, noon Eastern on FS1. Jimmy Kimmel Live, 1135 tonight, every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta Hill producer Jim Cunningham and Dustin Poirier. I'm Sal saying so long. Be safe and happy handicapping. Na, na, na.